0: This the remix. Sure, yeah, we always go into each each week and say, you know, what advantage does that give us? What doesn't it give us? Is this a environment we want to try and do this in? Obviously in the first game against Denver we did a little more up-tempo stuff and you know obviously you saw we practice and do a good job in the two-minute preparing and making sure that we're prepared for that scenario and going up tempo and making sure we can execute the plays in that situation. So credit to the players. Um, they took the plan and did a very good job of executing that stuff at a high tempo and Get the ball down the field, down regulation.
1: But yes, that's something we can always take into consideration every week and allow the players to go out there and execute
0: plays at a quicker tempo. He's, I mean, he's his. Um, you know, I've,
2: I, I've mentioned. He's, I mean, he's his. Um, you know, I've, I, I've mentioned. You since any give up in the locker room? Hell no. Kind of questions that, Bill. You know, he kept squirting through there, and
3: just crushed my dreams.
2: Boom. Sadness. That's the one.
3: A big shout out to Gabe. Yeah, Yeah. Gabe Gabe is a listener. He is the man who won $1,100 last week in our Dollar Loan Center Friday football frenzy because we went uh, 10 straight weeks with nobody winning. Gabe actually picked all three games properly. He uh, came by today. And dropped off some donuts, some Chick Fil A, some Dr Pepper. Ed's got a start. You got, got the right got the, got drink the, oh, order. Oh, absolutely perfect! Uh, classic hot chocolate. G- Gabe searched out Adam Hill, I yes, believe. Exactly. To get your order from yes, Starbucks, pretty awesome. Good for Gabe. Gabe that's awesome. is committed. He was. This is. He's phenomenal. been
0: listening a long time.
3: Yeah, good he was for him. Listening before I was on the good show. Good for him. He was. Uh, that's awesome, man. Yeah. So thanks to Gabe. Uh, and congratulations to Gabe on his $1,100 thanks to the Dollar Loan Center Friday football frenzy. Uh, Matt is playing for $100 this week. He had, what did he have? The Bills, Cowboys, and All the Vikings. home teams. Yes. No, I thought uh, the Lions, uh, Lions, are Lions are home. home. Yeah, Lions, Lions are home. home to the Bills. All the oh, favorites. Yeah, it's bad. one Bills. of those
1: few times where Bills. they're like, hey, Lions, I guess we'll give you a primetime home yeah.
3: game. <laughs> Aren't they the first one? It's not primetime. Aren't well, they like well, the prime time?
1: Off? Well, they consider Thursday night okay. football from prime, well, it is yeah. in prime time. I okay. guess I
3: guess Thursday at noon is prime time still because it's Thanksgiving.
1: But it's also just like all right, yeah, Lions, you you could be part of
3: this yeah, too. It's fun. All right, um, very important Raiders topic. Did you see that they are trademarking the phrase? When what is city? This? When are they going to start doing? it? <laughs> And how, how what,
1: did the I aces mean, not beat them, too? Yes, this? exactly.
0: Because it's not a good phrase. No,
1: oh. It's Sin City and Win City, except it hasn't really been Sin City since, like, what, the
0: early 90s? The only and when it people, comes to them, it hasn't been Win City, right. so neither of
3: these are fitting right now. The only people who call it Sin City are people who don't live here. Right.
0: Exactly, tourists who come and yeah. say, "Oh, yeah. I'm going to Sin City." It's like, yeah, uh, that doesn't exist. Yeah. yeah, like
3: it doesn't happen. Actually, Sin City is up the road. It's called Perump. right? <laughs> right. So it's it's a phrase that nobody here uses. That they turned into Win City. That they aren't actually doing a lot of winning for the last two decades. They haven't done a lot of winning. And the other part of this that I don't like is when I say Win City, I think of the word wincing which is i guess what you good. have to do when you watch oh. the raiders but like oh man just the, like wind city what does that sound like wincing wincing yeah it's a it's a brutal phrase absolutely brutal and maybe they don't actually do anything with wind city but i can't uh, imagine buying a shirt that says win city with the Raider logo on it right? with the the Raiders on it especially when you already have the phrase just win baby that's popular and everybody loves that's a great phrase compared to win city if I'm in the Raiders team store and I'm not buying like a traditional jersey or just a shirt that says Raiders I want something that's like oh it's more fun and I'm looking at a just win baby shirt or a win city shirt I'm buying the just win baby shirt. I'm not buying the win city shirt. It's also would be a more
1: accurate nickname for a city, the city of Boston between 2000 and like <laughs> 2018. Like the, Vegas hasn't won anything except for the a WNBA NBA title, baby. Yeah.
0: That's why Jared said, I mean, if it was the aces who did this, it's like, well, still, still sounds like wincing, but at least they won
3: something. They They didn't do it because it's a bad phrase. They asked Asia Wilson, and she said, "You want yes. us to be what? Win city?" You imagine the
0: statement from Becky Amund after that.
3: <laughs> Win city. Leap. Brutal phrase. All right. Here is a uh, another fun question. Which quarterback would you rather have, Derek Carr or Geno Smith? Derek Carr. Not even a hesitation. Not, not even a second Smith. thought. And Jared's thought. on the complete other side, without even hesitation <laughs> or a second thought. So, all right, I'll give you. I'll give you. You're some, gonna make
0: more money. I know. I know what I'll the numbers are coming. I'll give you some numbers
3: here. I know. If you go by pro football-focused grades, Geno Smith is 5th this year. Derek Carr is 24th. If you go by EPA, expected points added, Geno Smith is 8th. Derek Carr is 12th this year, uh, so a little bit closer. If you go by salaries, which is important when we talk about quarterbacks, Geno Smith has a $3.5 million cap hit this year. Derek Carr is at 19.3. Now, big difference, though, between them. Next season, Geno Smith is a free agent. So if you're gonna have Geno Smith, you gotta you're gonna you're have gonna to pay him a him new 30 contract. Thirty million a year. Derek Carr's cap hit jumps to thirty four point eight million dollars next season. So let me ask you this: We've there was a story from uh, Seattle about the Seahawks wanting to give Geno Smith an extension, a new yeah. contract. Pete Carroll said we know those talks are coming. How much money is he gonna make? How much money is Geno Smith well, gonna make as a free agent quarterback?
0: They're saying he's con- uh, compensatory to a top ten quarterback, right? So a top 10 quarterback makes 30 plus.
3: Right. Is Geno Smith I mean, actually going to get 30 plus million dollars?
0: Don't you have to play out the year and see?
3: I, I guess that is fair. We do have about half the season left. The Seahawks could very easily fall out of the playoffs right. and Geno Smith maybe not play very well. That is very, very much true. Um, based on the way he's played right now, he's been good. Uh, but if I'm an if I'm an organization, I'm not looking at Geno Smith and thinking, oh, He's a top 10 quarterback for the next five years, which is like, which what you have to do if you're going to give a quarterback 30, $40 million, right? That's where I think the Raiders kind of messed up. As you look at Derek Carr, oh, we got a top 10 quarterback the rest of these, the next five years. Probably not. So I'm to answer the question, I need to know how much Geno Smith is getting as a free agent because if I'm Geno Smith's agent, I'm walking into the Seahawks office to negotiate this. And I've got Derek Carr's season stats printed out, and Geno Smith's season stats printed out, and then Derek Carr's contract. And I'm saying he's getting 35 million next year. We're getting 38. Thank you very much. Yeah, that's what I'm doing. But if I'm the Seahawks, I don't think Danny. Danny's in here. Go tell Greg to get rid of our food. Get or Get away from our food. Yeah, what's he doing? We gotta get out of here, what's Greg. It? Go, Greg. Go away. You don't get our food. Go Learned away, Greg. Pawing. What are
0: you doing? We're Learned on the air. Don't touch our food. He's got some other character with him. <laughs> Who's that that's guy? Kevin. Oh, that's, that's Kevin. Oh. That's, no, no that... I'm here from 7 to 10, Kevin <laughs> works here, man. yeah.
3: But I, Kevin can't actually, have our food actually, either. I'm here from 7 to 9, 56, and then I say, <laughs> I hope you guys are well. We'll see you later. But Kevin can't have our food either. Get away from our food from Gabe. They're trying to steal it. Um, but to back to the quarterback situation. This season, the answer is easy. It's Geno Smith. He's been better than Derek Carr, and he's significantly cheaper. Hell, Geno Smith might be the best value of well, quarterbacks in the league this year, given that his cap hit is 3.5. That's guess, less than rookie deals.
0: Yeah, I think he can make up with only seven on incentives, which is nothing, um, given what he's done. I guess, is it a long-term question? Yeah, I was and, wondering, is it a long-term question? Who would you rather have over the next five years? And we don't know. But, well, we know what you're probably going to get with Derek Carr. Yeah. We don't know the ceiling of Geno Smith at this point
3: or the bottom. I would guess over the next five years, Geno Smith and Derek Carr are the same quarterback. They're not going to play the same. Spider-Man meme. But they're going to be, hey, uh, he's at his best, the eighth or ninth best quarterback in the league. And at his worst, the 15th best quarterback in the league. And every year over the next five, they're going to fall there and it'll be, ah, over five years he was the 12th best and Smith was the 13th best. I think they're the same guy. Over the next five years. Oh my years.
1: God. They bu- Last year, Geno Smith had a real bad fumbling problem. Every year, Derek Carr has a <laughs> real.
3: Jared, re- Jared, tell me how big Geno Smith's hands are. <laughs> I'm on it. Yeah, we need to know if it's uh, small. I think Derek Carr's nine and a quarter, which is one of the smallest in the league, aside from Kenny Pickett and his like six, 8. 5. Hands. Yeah, ridiculously small hands. Um, but I think over the next five years, they're the same guy. and Nine so- and a quarter. The exact same as Derek Carr. Oh, my Hart. goodness. <laughs> oh, my goodness.
0: They're even more the same guy with their hand size.
1: Remember, remember all those times at the like at the combine, people were like, why are they
0: measuring hand size? This is yeah. stupid. No,
1: we now have data that pretty much supports guys with smaller hands can't hold on to the
3: damn ball. You're going to fumble. Um, so, I think uh, if I'm just, I, to me, it's as simple as this over the next five years. Who is cheaper? Who? Derek Carr's is Nine and the an eighth. Oh, he's a little Ooh. smaller. I gave, smaller. Him, I gave him a little credit there. Okay, it's obviously Geno Smith then. His hands are so much bigger than Derek Carr's. But I, I think that the answer for me is if we're looking this year, it's Geno Smith. It's not even close. But over the next five years, whichever one's cheaper. If Derek Carr's cap hit's going to be thirty-five million for the next five years, and Geno Smith is going to be twenty-five, <laughs> I'm taking Geno Smith. Well, that's a big difference. If Geno Smith gets a, a, a forty-two million dollar contract after this year, I'm taking Derek Carr. Yeah. To me, it's just whichever one's cheaper. But I don't, I don't know if you're Seattle. I don't know what you do. Like, if they, let's say they well, make the playoffs, makes the playoffs win a game, wild card I think We know team. what they'll do. And at the end of the year, we're looking and it's like, oh, he was the ninth best quarterback by EPA. Pro Football Focus had him as the seventh best quarterback. You pay him. You, you almost have to. You have to, to pay him. But I don't. But I think that'd be stupid. Because, like, does anybody really believe in Geno Smith? But Jared does. Danny's Danny does here and Danny raised his. Hand Danny's too. probably better. Yes, I does.
1: unfortunately have believed in Geno Smith since he was drafted. And when he won that, he won the job out of camp until his own teammate broke
3: his <laughs> jaw. I don't know. It's just, I, as a front office, you have to
0: pay him. If he makes, the I play just,
3: it's to me, it's just very hard. If I'm in the front office to say, we are going to win the super bowl. With Geno Smith making, 40 I mean, could million. you literally?
1: Could you say that about? If, if he their makes color? the playoffs,
0: wins a game, could you
3: let him go? And, but yes, you could. But no, it's a it's a great point. I mean, yes, if they make you have, the playoffs by the way, and you win have a game, Denver's pick. right? And that's the thing they they Denver the top could Denver could lose out, and you could get one of those three quarterbacks. Right. And it, I think what it sets up potentially, what I what I think if I'm Seattle, what happens here? Geno Smith gets an extension. It's not forty two million. It's twenty nine. It's thirty two, right? And they draft a quarterback in the first round. That I I, I think I could see that happening where they give Geno Smith maybe Geno Smith holds out and gets a better deal, but they give Geno Smith like a two or three year deal worth That Seattle
0: uh story said he'll make more than he's had in ten years combined in the league. He's making three and a half
3: this yeah. year. With incentives to seven. And I'm
0: sure he's hitting his incentives because who
3: thought he was going to be the full-time starter? So if I had to guess right now, Seattle brings back Geno Smith on like a three-year deal, maybe two guaranteed, last year's not guaranteed or something, and they draft a quarterback early, and they sort of go in with the plan of Geno's the guy for this year, and then year two, it might be an open competition. Or if Geno struggles, we're going to The the rookie.
1: So I will say one thing that's a problem for Geno if he doesn't get re-signed by the Seahawks, <laughs> teams that need quarterbacks that are like they don't—they don't even need a good quarterback. They just need a competent quarterback. The Jets—he's already played for them. The Giants—he's already played for <laughs> them. And the Broncos, who can't get out of the contract that uh, they have. Russell so Wilson, uh, Colts. And the Colts, Colts, Colts keep the trying. Answer? Yeah,
3: the they, <laughs> they're doomed. There, they're just going to have a new quarterback every year. Who's like, oh, he's had a good career, and now he's terrible. So it's just it's, uh, <laughs> Washington. Heineke. Yeah, they Yeah, uh, Danny believes in the Heineke. I know Heineke. he does. I don't need to hear from Danny anymore. Go protect our food again. Um, <laughs> what about? Okay, what about this? The Raiders. I actually don't. Oh. I don't mind that. I actually think, think of that. If you if you're the Raiders, if you could trade Derek Carr, He's got a tr- mm. if you could trade Derek Carr and then sign Geno Smith. And use your high first round pick on a non quarterback. Oh, you're still not making the playoffs. That no. defense is terrible. Sorry, all right. I mean bad plan.
1: <laughs> you need so many. You almost need to trade all of your like high end talent for a lot, like th- almost three years worth of like multiple first round picks. Oh yeah, and completely rebuild.
3: That's what we wanted like, them to do this year. You could you could take a defensive end. Yeah, like in the Max top Crosby. Five. Oh yeah. And then you could take a running back. Oh, like you, yeah, like Josh Jacobs. You could yeah. take a wide receiver in like the teens. You could take a safety in the twenties, an offensive lineman in the teens too. It's got how could you fail?
1: Yeah, I mean that that actually that that team that you
3: just built sounds really good. Yeah, or it could be Cleveland Furl, Jonathan Abram, Josh Jacobs, Henry Ruggs, and Alex Leatherwood. Weren't
0: they supposed to do that this year?
3: Uh, if I was running the team, I would blow it, it up, rebuild, a hundred percent. Oh boy, oh, no. degenerate's
0: got a bet. Someone scored.
3: Uh, Spain's up for nothing. <laughs> okay, I don't know what he bet oh, on. No, so, let's see what you did today. No, we're going to break. Bit. I don't want. I, we're oh, done. No. We're going to break. Danny's fist pumping. Coming up next, Bischoff's briefs. Bischoff's briefs. Can't practice. Can't practice. You hurt. You hurt. It's as simple as that. But it ain't about that at all. You sitting in here, you are supposed to be the franchise player. And yet here we are, talking about you missing practice. off
2: briefs. We talking about practice, you understand me? Practice, not a game, not a game, not the game you go out there and die for, right? Play every weekend like it's your last, right? No, we talking about practice, man, practice. You know you're supposed to be out there. You know you're supposed to lead by example. You're just shoving that all aside.
3: And so here we are, we're talking about practice. Not a game.
0: Bischoff's Briefs.
3: Not the game. We're talking about practice with your team, with your teammates. The only place that we get to play together, we got control over. Rest of the time, it's us 11 against those 11. We're talking about practice, man. I'm talking about practice. And you can't do it because you're hurt, right? Fine by me. Bischoff's Briefs. At 9.30. We've got Jeff Erickson from RotoWire. It's a day early, but if you've got fantasy football questions, there's three games on Thursday. You can ask them to Jeff Erickson. You can text them in right now 69187. That is our text line. Make sure you type ESPN and then whatever your fantasy football question is and send that all to 69187 so ESPN your fantasy football question and text it to 69187 we will ask those questions to Jeff Erickson of Rotowire uh, coming up next but Bischoff's briefs uh, quickly on the World Cup games today the big result is that Germany lost to Japan and we have now seen both Germany and Argentina take a one nothing lead thanks to a penalty and then give up two second half goals to lose 2-1 to so it could be worse for the United States. We just drew against Wales. We didn't give up the second one to actually lose that game. We could have lost to Japan or Saudi Arabia. Spain right now is crushing Costa Rica for nothing. This group is going to be a lot of fun because Germany plays Spain next and Japan plays Costa Rica next. There is a legitimate chance that all four teams could be on three points going into the final games for these uh, two uh, groups. or groups. Could be a lot of fun uh, in that one. The Argentina group is going to be a ton of fun as well because that's going to come down to the final day. So those could be some fun groups. Now, the United States plays England on Friday. I'll be out of Parkway Tavern in the district at 11 o'clock. Come watch oh, that game Oh, you have a lot more me. guys
0: drinking than we saw yesterday. I hope at so. At 11
3: o'clock. I hope so. Um, England's captain and their striker, Harry Kane. He's got an ankle injury. Reports this morning are that he is fine. Uh, Granted, England said he was fine after the game, despite subbing him off, and he had to go have scans on his ankle. So we will see if Harry Kane plays on Friday. I'm guessing that he does, but there's a chance England is without their best goal threat and captain on Friday. And England is famous
1: for the phrase stiff upper lip. So he, they may make him play through that.
0: I don't even know what that means. You don't <laughs> um, know the
1: phrase stiff upper lip?
0: No. Ed? I've heard stiff upper lip often. See? Read
3: I don't more. even know what it means. I don't even know what it means. So I'm on it. If Harry Kane didn't play, uh, their backup striker is Callum Wilson, who uh, plays for Newcastle United. He's pretty good, but he's not Harry Kane. They could technically play a winger at a position like Raheem Sterling or Marcus Rashford. I don't think they would do that, but they could. Um, But here's the key. If Harry Kane doesn't play England's phenomenal, they're better than us at pretty much every position. Uh, But the thing that Harry Kane gives England, if they play poorly in a game or if somebody's just beating them, right? Harry Kane presents them like a get out of jail free card because Harry Kane one of, if not the best in the world at, Hey, we're going to get you one chance to score. You're going to have to do it for us, and that'll be how we win the game or get a draw, whatever the result is needed for them. So even if, like, hey, we play well, we're beating England, we're dominating the game, but don't score, England might still beat us simply because they get one chance and Harry Kane is so much better than any of our strikers. He scores, and they win the game. That's sort of the safety net that England gets to play with if they ever play poorly, if they ever are getting beaten in a game. Harry Kane's really good at just, hey, he's going to score a goal on the one opportunity you give him. Uh, So if he plays, England has that safety net. If he doesn't, we got a little bit better chance to win or at least get a point out of it. Now, I think there are two places for the U.S. to beat England. The first one is just England sucking, right? Like you win games because your your opponent's not very good. The one position that that might happen is center back. Uh, Harry Maguire has not been very good for Manchester United for like a year now, like hilariously bad mistakes. Uh, He's been mostly fine for England, though. In their games. But if we could get prime Harry Maguire. Like he's been for Man United. He might give us a goal. He might score a goal for us. Which would be phenomenal. Outside of that. The key place for the United States. Where if they're going to win this game. That they're they're going to have to beat England. Is midfield. Uh, we'll see who actually starts for both teams. But England's midfield is very good. With Declan Rice, Jude Bellingham, and Mason Mount. Uh, our midfield is also very good. Tyler Adams, Eunice Musa, and Weston McKinney. Are very good. England's is better. But... The margin is close enough that it's not hard to envision the United States outplaying England.
0: Have we played England of late?
3: Um, When is the last time we played them?
0: Like a friendly, at least? Or at some point, played them? I feel like
3: we played them recently, but I can't actually recall when the last time we played them. I mean, we had a big upset in 1776. That that is true. Hey, we uh, we beat them in 1950. We played them twice in the World Cup. We've never lost. Really? Beat them in, what was it, 1950? And we drew... Uh, 1-1 when um, the goalie just let us score. He just dropped the ball coming back to him and kicked it in his own net, flapped it in his own net, basically. So yeah, we've never lost to him at the World Cup. Uh, that probably changes on Friday, but hopefully not. But if we can, like, it's possible we could win in midfield in this game. Like, that's an area where we're good. They're better, but it's not a big gap. They're better at, like, every other position. Maybe wingers, we've got a, a close edge, or they've got a close edge there, too. But pretty much every other way. Danny's telling me we last played England in 2010 in the World no, Cup. Is that it? We've played them since then. It's probably a friendly. Danny's just Googling things over here. Useless. All right. Yeah,
0: I, I also, yeah, yeah, but, not, it yeah, but I'm, have just, to be. I'm just asking if they played them at all
3: yeah, recently. It doesn't have to be the World Cup. Danny, we're going to break. You're going to be completely useless. Coming up next, <laughs> Jeff so Erickson is going to answer your fantasy necessary. football questions. Text them in 69187 right now. We'll ask Jeff Erickson to help you out on Thanksgiving week.
0: High voice guy for no reason. Never understood it. ESPN 1100, 100.9 FM. The gang's back together. <laughs> Ed, Tyler, <laughs> critiquing <laughs> yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Cure Whacking that thing around.
3: Cure cure. I, uh, yeah, it, uh, well, it's just embarrassing. I don't know why the high voice ever... What's out. happened? Like, the last couple of weeks, you've been, like, randomly critiquing your own voice during yeah. our rejoins. It's just it's embarrassing. I mean, it's... I don't know what happened. <laughs> I get excited. Excited to be here. He's just doing his own self-critique. He's just listening to these rejoins, oh, disgusted in his own voice. Apparently, yeah. the only thing I'm not
2: disgusted is whacking that thing around. You're in the press box with Tyler Bischoff and NSMA Nevada Sports Writer of the Year Ed Greeny.
0: Not
3: We've got Jeff Erickson from RotoWire here to answer your fantasy football questions. Three games on Thursday. Uh, So you can text those in right now, 69187. That is the text line. Make sure you preface your message with ESPN. So type ESPN, whatever your fantasy football question is, and then send that to 69187. And we will ask Jeff Erickson to help you out. Uh, Jeff, before we get to some questions, uh, do you think the Cowboys are ever going to let Tony Pollard be the guy?
2: (laughs) Depends on who you ask. Uh, He kind of was the guy last week. You know, he had about a 65% snap share. Zeke only played about 30% of the snaps. Just go for you know, he just vultured a couple of touchdowns. And even then, Pollard got a goal line carry in each sequence. He just didn't convert, so they brought Zeke in. Uh, this is this is ideal right now. This is this is kind of like I, I don't mind him not running between the tackles when there's a stacked uh, you know, when, when there's a, a stacked line against him. There, I don't mind that at all. I mean, he, he avoids some of the pounding. He's still getting he's still productive, he gets most of the work, gets all the passes. You know, that's one thing. Even before Zeke's injury, Zeke stopped getting passes. So uh that's one that's one thing that hasn't changed. So if I'm a Pollard manager, and I'm not, I don't have him anywhere. I'm thrilled with his usage right now.
3: What do you think uh happens in the Denver backfield, or are you just ignoring it because it's Denver and they don't score?
2: It's pain is what happens. No. Uh <laughs> I think Latavius Murray is going to be a very active guy this week. Uh, I, I, you know, Marlon Mack will be active, but he's Marlon Mack. I, I'm really not really that concerned too much if I have Latavius Murray. If I'm desperate, if I've got uh, running back injuries, or it just hasn't worked out. Murray's available. I'm going aggressively. Some, some waivers run today. Uh, go get him. You know, he's going to get 17 to 25 touches. I think this week he's going to be the primary ball carrier. I don't see Mack as a pass catcher. You might see Devine Ozigbo be the path catcher, actually. Um, but you know, there's no. You know, obviously they got rid of Melvin Gordon, and also uh, you know they, they lost Chase Edmonds to an injury, and he's on IR, so it's open there. There's plenty of playing time, and I like this matchup against Carolina. Believe it or not, so I, I think he can actually steal like 10 to 15 points perhaps this week.
0: Has anything surprised you about Jamal Williams?
2: Uh, I mean, just with Swift not playing that much you know i'm not surprised that williams is the the goal line back i think he's ran better than i expected um you know it's just it's all going to depend every week though his value on whether they have their they have possession around the in the red zone in the goal line area cuz he's definitely going to get the ball then
1: so him or aaron jones
2: uh aaron jones aaron jones it's i mean the fact that we have to ask that question though just speaks. To what Williams has done. He's the NFL in touchdown carries. I get it. If you're in a touchdown only league, it's a little closer, but Jones gets most of the Packers' carries in the red zone. You know, A.G. Dillon has like five carries, I think, inside the five all year. He hasn't really had that many. All
3: right, 69187. That is the text line. If you've got fantasy football questions for Jeff Erickson, you can send them in right now. Type ESPN and then whatever your question is and send it to 69187. First one up, we're looking at tight ends. Dawson Knox or Tyler Higby?
2: Uh, Higby by one. I have Higby at eight and Knox at nine.
3: 69187 is the text line. Uh, choose two of these. It's a half-point PPR league. Jeff Wilson, Miles Sanders, Ramon J. Stevenson, or Alvin Kamara. You got
2: going to choose two of these, correct? Yes. Uh, let's go Wilson and Kamara. And it's, I have Wilson, Kamara, Stevenson, 14, 15, 16, <laughs> respectively. <laughs>
3: All right, right on top of each other. Uh, another one here. One spot for these three players. Jamal Williams again, Raheem Mostert or Cordero Patterson.
2: I go Williams. Um I, I Patterson, I would you know, I go Patterson next. Mostert is third because he's splitting with Wilson and is on the lower end of that, I think, right now.
3: So six nine one eight seven, that is the text line if you've got questions. Uh Michael Pittman or Chris Godwin?
2: Uh, good problem to have. Uh, As <laughs> your last spot, I go like your 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 callers and texters are just uncanny. Again, seventeen <laughs> versus eighteen in my ranking, so uh, there, it's a lot of good either ors.
0: Kirk Cousins or Tom Brady.
2: Ooh. Uh Brady. Um, I, I don't. You know, obviously, they, they, you know we're, we took take a step back with Cousins after last week. No Christian Darrisaw tomorrow. They're starting left tackle, and Matthew Judon could create all sorts of havoc because of that.
3: So six nine one eight seven is the text line, or Jared? Do you have another one? I have three. Oh jeez. So. Oh jeez. <laughs> so we have we've
1: done one. So <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. Uh, Lazard or Christian Kirk? Uh,
2: I would go Lazard. Uh, they're both in my twenties. here. I, I think they're both very startable.
3: All right, so 69187 is the text line if you've got questions. Um, What are you doing in the L.A. Rams backfield?
2: Um, Pointing and laughing? Uh, No. Uh, I I, I, I think in a PPR league, Kyron Williams is actually playable this week. He had more snaps than uh, Akers last week. He is the path catching back. The Rams are 14.5-point underdogs. That implies they're going to be throwing the ball a ton. So I think Acres is going to get more carries. I think Williams might be more productive this week.
3: Six nine one eight seven is the text line. Mike Williams or Donovan Peoples Jones.
2: Uh, you know, Donovan Peoples Jones is going to play. We know that. We don't know that about Williams. So uh, go. I, I, I'd rest Williams for a week, given that he had the setback last week. I don't think he can start him
3: with chargers wide receivers should should we expect Keenan Allen to be like uh, hey it's Keenan Allen he's a top 12 15 wide receiver the rest of the season or is he lower down than that
2: i have him at 15 um i think that he made it through unscathed he did have that fumble which was pretty bad but eight targets he's going to be active going to be pretty busy and i think he makes Josh Palmer better too makes other people better because teams have to pay attention to him but uh Yeah, I think he's going to be frequently targeted. I think the Chargers' offense is a lot different with him out there.
3: Uh, Najee Harris or Tony Pollard?
2: Pollard. 69187. Finally an easy one, guys. (laughs)
3: 69187 is the text line. Uh, Geno Smith or Tom Brady?
2: Uh, Brady, but again, the fact that we have to ask the question is, is, is noteworthy, but I like Brady's matchup against Cleveland. Check the weather report, obviously. Uh, Cleveland has had bad weather days sometimes. So if that if like it's a heavy wind day, then I'd be concerned. Uh, but otherwise, I think Brady and the Bucks are kind of getting it back.
0: Etienne or Jones?
2: Um, I go Jones versus Etienne, but it's eleven versus twelve again.
3: Jared, go ahead.
1: Okay, I was just okay. I'm not going to do my third one, which was about fantasy basketball. (laughs) Instead, Danny texted me in order for me to ask: Cousins or Heineke?
3: Oh, Taylor Heineke. Uh,
2: I'm going to go Cousins. Heineke doesn't have a touchdown pass the last two weeks. Mm -hmm. Um, So they they they've become this run first team, and it's working for them. And guess what? They're going to do that again against Atlanta this week.
3: All right, we here's a question from our text line. Uh, This person also said, "I'm a running back hoarder." Uh, And you're about to see why he wants you to pick two Latavius Murray, Deandre Swift, Gus Edwards, Raheem Mostert, Elijah Mitchell.
2: Yeah. I mean, he's just clawed for dear life. He, you know, this is a zero running back squad. And I I get that there Uh, Murray for one. Um, and I go Swift and gamble on the upside that he plays more than 20 snaps this week. Finally,
3: that is a lot of running back exactly. that might not actually Boy. be any good. Exactly.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, I guess it's not a zero running back to, uh, yeah, draft Swift because you there. got Swift in the first or second round. So, um, yeah, but other than that, I mean, a lot of teams, you know, I, I see choices like that in leagues. Like, I had a league where I started with three state, three straight receivers and then Josh Allen it's doing well, but I have to scramble a running back. And I, I've hit on a few. Like, I got Kenneth Walker late. Uh, and that, you know, sometimes those, those, the ship comes in.
3: Uh, Six nine one eight seven is the text line. Uh, we'll see if we have a few more coming in. I did want to ask you: Do you think Odell Beckham is going to be a useful fantasy player at any point this year?
2: Possibly. I'm not going to break the bank to get him if he's available for cheap and fab or or lower priority waivers. And sure, I'll add him on the hope that he is. But I mean, he's coming off of a second torn ACL, and he and it happened in the Super Bowl. Usually, it's year two after you return from that where you're kind of back to full speed. So. I, I, I'll probably be skeptical. I don't have a whole lot of Deshaun Watson either. Same, you know, Watson hasn't played in a long time. Looked terrible in the preseason, et cetera.
3: Uh, Six nine one eight seven is the text line. Uh, but before we let you go, here's one last question that's not actually a rankings question, but should teams that are basically eliminated from playoff contention still be claiming guys off waivers?
2: I mean, you paid your money, you play it out. Um, I don't think you should be making trades with the first, second place teams, things like that. If there's no other like future component. Like if you're getting drafted or something like that, then sure, go for it there. But I mean you paid your money. Go ahead and pick your players. Make sure you have a lineup there. Um, I yeah, I, I don't have a problem with that. I think during the playoffs, if you're out of the playoffs, obviously stay out of it there.
3: Well he is Jeff Erickson from RotoWire, Wire, always answering your questions. Jeff, have a good Thanksgiving. Thanks, Jeff. Thanks Happy for Thanksgiving. Us. Thanks, guys. So there's Jeff Erickson to answer your fantasy football question. See, here's here's the answer and why I think it's the greatest. Play in a keeper league. It, sure. Because then everybody can always keep yeah. trading or yes. using waivers because there's value for whatever, but play in a keeper league. yeah, And then that way, if you're in last place, you can trade guys and get draft picks draft for next base. year exactly. or players that are better keeper options, whatever you can get. Like, uh, to me, I... It's so much better than just a standard league to me, just because of that. Because if you're in a standard league that just redrafts every year and you start the year two and six... You're out of it. Yeah. Well, well, what are you doing the rest of the time? But if you start two and a six in a keeper or a dynasty league, you still can actually do things that matter because you keep guys and get draft picks for the future. So that's my answer to your waiver question for guys out of the league. Just make it a keeper league. The one problem with making it a keeper league is you got to actually trust the eleven, nine, eleven 11 other people in your league that they're going to keep playing and paying. Right, they're going to continue to come on. Here's the bit in my league. The thing I'm a little bit afraid of because we have a buy-in and you can trade your draft picks, somebody trading all their draft picks and then not coming back the next year. Right. And then we've got to go find somebody and like, ah, you don't have any picks. So I, until was the say, seventh I was going to say, you have
0: to tell the person that you're screwed,
3: right? You don't have a single pick until the seventh round. Uh, You got to pay your dues though. Just like everybody else. Yeah, that guy gets a discount.
0: Yes. (laughs)
3: That's what I would say. And here's the thing we have two people in our league. It's a keeper league. Their strategy for the last like four straight years is just trade their first four picks for the next year to get as good. Like they never have good teams after the draft because they never have early picks. And then they just trade their first four picks to try to assemble a competent team. Yeah. And try to win that way. None of them have won the league doing that, but they usually make the playoffs. So. Maybe it'll work for them eventually. All right, coming up next. I don't know. We're ending the show. It'll be fun. You know. I was not upset about anything. Very unprofessional. Uh, it shouldn't have happened, first and foremost. But uh, I'm a big fan of, uh, you know, protecting my teammates, especially teammates that, you know, I go to Warford every night. So I kind of felt like the play uh, kind of got out of control after the, the stare down at Austin Reeves by Book, then another stare down by
2: Aiden, and the refs didn't really come in and kind of break it up. So, uh, you know, I'm not going for the-
0: Pat needs to stop pushing people in the back, man. Push them in the chest. That's all I got to say. You're
3: locked in the press box. Yeah, did you see DeAndre Ayton get knocked down by Pat Beverly? Because Beverly just ran into his back. I saw Pat Beverly got booted, right? Yeah. He just, DeAndre Ayton, it was like a dead ball. DeAndre Ayton's like just standing there. And Beverly just runs in <laughs> straight into his back and knocks Ayton over. That's why Devin Booker after the game is like, what are you doing? Run into his chest, not his back. I'm like, What the hell are you doing? Just take the guy out from behind. So. Patrick Beverly, though. Uh, Jared has found the definition of a stiff upper lip. Um, So I'll read the inverse here. The sign of fear is a trembling upper lip. So the opposite is having a stiff upper lip, uh, which is to display fortitude and stoicism in the face of adversity. From Britain? Yeah, apparently it's only used in the United Kingdom. All right, I'd heard it here before though. I've only heard it in
1: reference to someone doing like a bad British accent and saying, <laughs> have a stiff upper, upper lip.
3: lip. Never heard it before. Hopefully they don't have one on Friday. Uh, here's a fun story from USA Today. Uh, so Mel Tucker, the head coach of Michigan State, who we rightfully mocked Michigan State for giving him a 10-year deal worth $95, 95 million. million bucks. Uh, according to USA Today, uh, Mel Tucker has a clause in his contract to where he can get a $100,000 bonus, but that $100,000 bonus is supposed to be shared amongst the assistant coaches. Right, right. Uh, He got the entirety of that $100,000 bonus. And didn't share it. According the way they paid it directly to him. So unless he like took him out to dinner... And starts writing checks. Yeah, he got the entirety. The, the way it's phrased in his contract, according to this USA Today story, is there is a $100,000 bonus for Mel Tucker and his assistants, and the staff, that is to be divided up um, at the athletic director's discretion. And they gave all of it to Mel Tucker. Who makes $9.5 million a year. Yes, and is not very good.
1: So the athletic director said, here, you take all of it, your assistants don't get any. Basically, yes.
3: You've been so bad that I want you to look bad to your assistants. I do think this this was after they had the one good season. I'm trying to see the date down here, but I do think this was this wasn't like oh he's coming off a four win year. I think this was after their actual good season. But yes, they decided nope, no bonuses for our uh, assistants. I'm going to take all of that. Thank you very much. Wow, what a nightmare for Michigan State.
0: What a nightmare for an assistant that could uh, have that extra
3: extra change in his pocket that Mel doesn't need. Nope, Mel Tucker, nine point six million dollars every year instead of nine point five. I just, I mean, we talked about when they gave out the contract. What what were they doing? Yeah. Like he had that, one good year. Like that was like, you know, top end of college football money. Yeah, that was like, oh, this guy is one of the five best in the sport. No, he's not saving money. Yeah, I mean, it's it was stupid. It was stupid. Like all the college football contracts are fairly ridiculous, especially ones that are guaranteed. Like Jimbo Fisher's is, they got to pay that guy like eighty million dollars if they fire yeah. him. My God, if I was Jimbo Fisher, I'd be trying to get fired too. <laughs> no wonder they suck. He's like, I want to retire. I don't have to coach this team anymore, and I can make like eighty million bucks. So all this money that goes
1: to the coaches and goes to like the the equipment in the stadiums, I genuinely do not understand how Harvard and Yale aren't better, like at like don't have bad better athletic programs, considering like, yeah, if all of our graduates just
3: gave us a million dollars. Well, they don't care about football, I assume. I that's the, they did at one point. Yeah, they don't anymore. Like that. Like in all seriousness, the reason that like Ole Miss football is good, there's no reason Oxford, Mississippi should have a competent college football team. It's because the people that graduated from there that have any money are like the only thing I care about is this football team being good. And now they don't have quite enough money to actually like uh, win a national championship. But the only reason that football program exists. Is because the people that graduated are like the only thing I care about. Is this football? There's a little. There's a
0: little of that in Baylor, Waco, Texas. Yeah, some small little town in the middle of Texas.
3: Like you, you need to have rich alums. Which actually, if we if we ever did like a deep dive into UNLV athletics, that's one of their biggest problems. Right. It's it's a yeah. it's a relatively young university that doesn't have uh, as many graduates out there in the world as a lot of other universities. And they don't have the graduates that are making the kind of money that you need to donate back to right. the program to then be really good at how athletics. Much,
1: how much would I have to donate as a graduate <laughs> to become the obviously once Russ Langer steps down to become the voice want <laughs> you? Wanna <of> just, you <laughs> you want to buy your way into being the play by play announcer is that I mean, how does that work? Like, do you just... <laughs> you give a lot of money. I It's a, it's provided by Learfield and approved by the university.
3: <laughs> I'm just saying. If you became, you know, the top uh, top 10 donors, you I have bet they let you do that. Have an opportunity there. Like, yeah, just give us a buy your way in. So do you then get paid to do that? Like, are you taking the, the yeah, pay that's oh, money to buy
1: your I, way I, in? I, I, I'd ask for a very simple per diem.
3: You just want to eat
1: while you go on the road trips? I just want to, like, no, I'm I'm talking like when I retired, like in my 60s. I just want to, like, hang out with a bunch of young guys. and just be like, I'm hanging out with the football team.
3: So you want, like, a pension that's like I get to go to practice?
1: Exactly. There's no
3: money involved? You just get to go to practice and games?
1: Well, if I have enough money to bribe my way in. You know, as someone who works in sports journalism, you can go to their practices, right?
3: No, you know I work here. Right, he's on the show, Danny. He can't go to UNLV practice at nine in the morning. Danny, you yeah. want to say really what? How much? You, how much you won on the Spain game? You got nine seconds, Danny. Oh, go. I don't, I
1: don't want to say how much I won, but I oh, did yeah. go three and zero in my bets. Hit two of them in the first twenty minutes. So yeah, Spain's up seven. It's a good day.
3: Good job, Danny.